Thank you. All right, good morning. Why don't you find your seats if uh, you're wandering around at the moment, enjoying chatting to other people. Find your seats. It is great to be together this morning, isn't it? It's just great to come and worship our glorious Saviour Jesus. He's just wonderful, isn't he? He's just an amazing, beautiful Saviour. I love just singing these rich songs about who he is. It just kind of lifts, lifts our hearts, lifts our souls to get at this greater, bigger glimpse of who Jesus is. Uh, for those who are new to this church, uh, my name is Nathan. Uh, I've just joined the leadership team here. And for those who are old to this church, my name is Nathan. I've just joined the leadership team. And uh, it has just been a privilege to uh, join this church. Juliana and I have come from the Coin Church in Woking, uh, part of the same family of churches in commission. And uh, it has just been a thrill to join you. It really has. And we have felt so welcomed and uh, so a part of things here in the two weeks that we've been around. So just thank you so much. Thank you for welcoming us. Thank you for the offers of meals and of just places to stay and, uh, and just offers of friendship. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we felt so welcome. Uh, as I said, we've moved from the coin and, and uh, in Woking. And so I was the youth pastor there for... Uh, Coming up almost 10 years, which was a good long time. And uh, I also shared another, a few other responsibilities of the leadership there. And Juliana was a teacher there, and uh, she still is a teacher there. So I travel over from Woking at the moment to here, and she stays uh, work, working in Woking. And we're hoping to move around April time. Um, we may, we may have found a house. Come on, praise God, we may. We don't want to get our hopes up too much, but we just believe that God might have given us something, which is really exciting. Uh, as I said, Juliana's a teacher. She's from North Carolina and uh, USA, and so she has this beautiful southern accent, which is brilliant. So we live in this world where we speak two different versions of English, and uh, we, we love it most of the time, I think. Yeah, we, we love it most of the time, but sometimes we get confused with each other. Uh, we met in Turkey, we married in America, and we moved to England. So we've just kind of tried to make it as complicated as possible, um, but we've had a lot of fun along the way. Uh, as I said, we met in Turkey. I was taking a youth team out there. Uh, Juliana was living out there. She was uh, teaching. And uh, so on the last day of my trip, we met over breakfast, and a mutual Turkish friend of ours had taken us uh, as a whole group out for breakfast. And uh, we met, and we were right at the end of this table. Everyone else was chatting along, and we were just kind of sat opposite each other. And we couldn't help but just fall in love over breakfast. And uh, it was just impossible not to. And uh, so then over the kind of the weeks and months to come, we started texting and messaging and Skyping and using the amazing technology that we have today. Uh, and then got to visit each other. And a couple of months later, uh, I flew out to Turkey and surprised her and uh, proposed, which was a great fun experience. We love spending meals with people. We love just hanging out with people. Uh, we're very much people people. And uh, we, we enjoy playing tennis together. Uh, we love watching American sports. And we're currently watching season six of The West Wing. Any West Wing fans out there? It is the best TV show ever made. I'm just going to put it out there. And uh, so we're coming up to the end of that, which is it has been great. Love it. I think it's about my third or fourth time of going through it. Oh, 
I absolutely love it. There we go, a whistle-stop tour of us. I can stop talking about us, and we can talk about Jesus, which is way better. We're excited for what God's got for this church, and uh, we're excited about the future here. And uh, I just want to encourage you, dream big. Dream big. God's got big plans and good plans for this church and for this town. God wants to move in this town. And he wants to do it through us as a church. So dream big. Final request, actually. Final request before we move on to today's topic. Uh, Please be patient with us on names. We're getting there. We're getting there slowly. But we may have to ask you your name about ten times. And uh, please be patient with us. We will get there eventually. Well, this morning we're carrying on our series looking at what our culture is going to be, what we, are, we want our culture to be as a church. Looking at these four characteristics of what we'd like to be our church to be known for and right at the heart of our culture, the DNA of who we are as a group of people. Over this coming year, we'll be doing four separate uh, five-week series on these four words and look at various characters uh, in the Bible who display those characteristics. And these four characteristics are uh, genuine, living out God's approval by being really real, thankful, expressing our thanks for everything in every way to everyone, generous, seeking, oh, sorry, seeing the best, seeking the best, and sharing of our best, and courageous, fearless Christianity regardless. Last week, Andrew spoke on uh, being genuine and looked at the life of David in Psalm 51 and how he was real with God, not trying to hide his sin, but letting God deal with it rightfully and graciously. As a church, we want to be genuine with each other. We want to be real in our relationships and with God as well, not trying to pretend to be something that we're not, accepting each other and loving other people without any strings attached. As we are genuine and real with God, admitting our mistakes and our shortcomings, God is quick to forgive. And we heard that beautiful promise in 2 Samuel last week, where God says through the prophet Nathan to David, the Lord has taken away your sin. Wow. What a gracious and good God we have. And so today we're looking at the characteristic of being thankful. Why don't you just turn to the person next to you and say, I am thankful that you're here. Turn to the person on the other side of you and say, I'm just thankful to be here. I wonder, I wonder if the people closest to you, I wonder if your family and friends would describe you as a thankful person. We live in a very selfish and self-serving society where thankfulness is not high on our agenda. It's all about how can everyone and everything serve me and my agenda and my purposes. And it's so hard not to get caught up in this ourselves, thinking the world revolves around us rather than recognizing who God is, all that he's given us and all that he's called us into. As Christians, we should be the most thankful people alive today. 
And so let's read today's passage. Uh, if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, we're going to look at the story of the thankful leper. Luke chapter 17 and verse, verses 11 to 19. While Jesus was traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with serious skin diseases met him. They stood at a distance and raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were healed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Let me just pray for us again this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Thank you there's authority in your word. Thank you there's power in your word. Thank you, Lord, that you want to speak to us this morning. Thank you, Lord, over every situation here this morning, over every person, Lord, you know exactly what's going on. You're not surprised by the events of this week. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love and your compassion towards us. Thank you, Lord, for your promise already this morning that you want to make us fruitful. Lord Jesus, we welcome you in this place. Come and speak to us. Come and stir our hearts again this morning, Lord God. Come and reveal more of who you are. Come and change us, Lord God. Let us fall deeper and deeper in love with you, Lord God, this morning. Come and uh, make us a thankful people, Lord God. Come and change my heart, Lord God. Come and change my friends' hearts this morning, Lord God. That we would be a thankful people. That that would be right at the heart of our DNA. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I said I didn't want to talk about myself. I I really don't. But let me take you back to um, the story of how Juliana and I got engaged. Uh, I'd arrived... At, a, at this pier, a pier that we'd gone sighting at a few months before, and it was a pier into the Aegean Sea. And I'd arrived with a few of Juliana's friends, and they'd helped me. And we set up this pier, and uh, we put out jars with candles in it. It was all lit up. The sun was setting. It was like perfect. It was, it was absolutely stunning. And uh, as Juliana came, but she was uh, organized by some other friends who knew what was going on to cycle along uh, the edge of the sea, and she was coming along, and then she suddenly saw these candles. I was like, oh, that's nice. Like someone must be getting like, proposed to or something like that. And uh, then suddenly realized that I was there, that I ha- there was a reason why I hadn't been replying to her messages, is that I had no phone signal. And uh, so I was there. In t- and so she came along. Now imagine this. Imagine that I'd spent all this time kind of preparing. I'd asked her parents' blessing on it. I'd gone shopping with my sisters to find... I'd gone shopping with my sisters. That's a big deal. <laughs> to, to find this ring. And I found this beautiful, amazing ring. It was the ring. It was the ring. And I found it. And imagine I'd spent all this money and I'd spent all this time. And uh, I get down on one knee. I say, Juliana, will you marry me? And imagine she just takes that ring, puts it on her finger and just walks off. Just to make clear that that did not happen. <laughs> you know. 
She said, yes, 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 yes. It was an amazing moment for us. Imagine that. She just took the ring and just walks off. You're like, what? That's ridiculous. That's just the worst reaction you can imagine. And yet we see in this story, only one of these ten lepers comes back to thank Jesus. Only one recognizes what has really happened and comes back to thank Jesus. Ten lepers are healed. Only one goes back to say thank you. Only one had their hearts changed as well as their condition. Friends, as we look at these four words, and specifically this morning at being thankful, we need our hearts changed by Jesus. Not just our circumstances, but we need the depths of our hearts changed. And so I want to look at three aspects this morning of being thankful that we can see from this passage. Firstly, being thankful starts with recognizing our true state. Jesus was, uh, Jesus was walking through an area between Samaria and Galilee. If you're not familiar with these areas, Samaria was an area where Samaritans lived. They were foreigners that the Jews hated but were living in their land. They were living in Jewish land. So in this middle ground between Samaria and Galilee, you find these ten lepers discarded by their communities because of their condition. A Samaritan and Jews united by a common theme of being discarded by their own people because of their leprosy. The passage says they stood at a distance. It's amazing how those with common themes of rejection in their lives can unite over it with others. The lepers knew the rules. They knew that they were not allowed to be near other people. They stood at a distance, not getting near, knowing they could not come close as they were unclean. The lepers knew their state. They were unclean. They were to stay far off. They were the outsiders. They were the rejected. They were the cast-offs of their society. They knew their true state and so stood far off from Jesus. How far, I wonder? I wonder if it was 5 meters, 10 meters, 20 meters maybe. We don't know. But Luke noted it was such a distance that they needed to raise their voices together. These men were desperate. They had nothing left to lose. They couldn't be with their families. They couldn't be with their friends. They couldn't work or be a part of a team. They couldn't visit the temple. They were helpless, stuck, united by rejection and united in hopelessness, rejected by their own people. And then they see Jesus. They must have heard, have heard stories about him. They must have heard about what Jesus had done in other places, how he'd healed people, how he'd spoken to those even who were rejected by others. They must have heard these stories going around. And, and so they wonder, like, what, what could he do for us? And they stand at this distance and shout out, have mercy on us, master, have mercy on us. It would have been loud and disruptive. They knew their true state. They knew they had nothing. Friends, it's so easy to look at these ten lepers and think they, they really did need help. You know, the reality is spiritually, I was one of those lepers. I may not have had leprosy or a disease making me unclean in my town, but my heart condition was one of utter decay. 
My spiritual condition was one of desperate need, and so was yours. Romans 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ephesians 2 verse 1 to 3 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of God's wrath. Friends, we were dead in our sins. Our true state is that we were born into sin, born in Adam, as the Bible describes. We were living for ourselves with a heart condition of selfishness, of greed, of living for our own glory. That was our true state when we were born. We were far off from God, not able to come close because of our sinful condition, not able to bridge the gap between us. We can only truly be thankful when we realize how lost and broken and far off from God we once were before we became Christians. The lepers knew their true state. Excuse me. Do you know the reality is the majority of people that we meet through the week don't know their true spiritual state. They don't even understand their eternal state with God. Being thankful starts with recognizing our true state. Secondly, being thankful appreciates what we've been given. When we come to realize our true state, when we realize where we are, how hopeless and dead in our sins we are, we are then able to appreciate all that Christ has done for us, all that we have received in Christ. Isn't this story just so encouraging? These ten lepers are shouting at Jesus from afar, the rejected of that society, and he doesn't ignore them. He doesn't just pass by. He doesn't pretend that he's just talking and really having an important discussion with his disciples and just kind of like ignores them. He listens. He stops. He hears them. Jesus hears the cries of the broken and the needy. When we're aware of our true weakness and our helplessness, we learn to pray and cry out like the lepers did. Whatever your situation this morning, Jesus hears you when you cry out to him. (coughs) Excuse me, sorry. Anyone else got a scratchy throat this week? Yeah, it's going going around, isn't it? Jesus hears you when you cry out to him in your brokenness and your hopelessness. He is a beautiful and glorious saviour. Rich in mercy and love. He loves to rescue. He loves to save. Loves to draw near to the unloved and those rejected by their society. We see Jesus time and time again in the Gospels. Drawing near. Spending time with and loving and caring for the rejected and the helpless. Who are the rejected and the helpless here in Autumn? Who are those feeling helpless and hopeless Maybe it's the teenagers in this town. 
Maybe those living on a certain road or estate. Maybe those of a certain job. Maybe this morning you're feeling rejected or hopeless or helpless. And you, like the lepers, are standing far off from Jesus. And you're shouting at him, but not feeling you can come near. (coughs) Jesus hears you and is able to heal you right now in whatever your situation is. Jesus hears us at our deepest need. When we were dead in sins, desperately needing a saviour to rescue and forgive us, Jesus heard us. Romans 3 verse 23 goes on to say in verse 24, And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 6 goes on to say, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Before Christ, we had fallen short of the glory of God. Now in Christ, we are justified by his grace. Before Christ, we were dead in our sins. Now in Christ, we're alive, saved by grace and seated with Christ in heavenly realms. Christians are a people who have been given immeasurable riches in knowing salvation and freedom in Christ. Thankfulness flows out of an understanding of all that we have been given. So first, then, being thankful starts with recognizing our true state. Secondly, being thankful appreciates what we've received. And thirdly, being thankful walks in hand with faith. Just reflect back on this story again. Just think about it in your mind. The ten lepers have become a community in themselves. Having been rejected by their peoples, they unite together and suffer isolation together. They're all told to go and show themselves to the priests. And in faith, they left to go and see the priests. However, it is just the Samaritan who returns. You can imagine them walking along, uh, along the road together, all wondering what might happen as Jesus has sent them on their way. And then as they went along, suddenly realizing they were healed, realizing that their skin had been clean. I wonder how quickly they started suddenly from going from walking to running. Running to the priests when they noticed they'd been healed. All the possibilities of what they could now do suddenly flood through their minds. I can go back to my family. I can go back to work. I can be a part of a team again. I can be accepted again. All their hurt and pain vanished in a moment. That it was probably so easy for them just to think about what they would do next. What they could now do themselves. Except one. One leper in that group of ten went against the flow of the other nine and left them to go back to Jesus. One leper, seeing what had happened, couldn't get back on with life without first saying thank you. Couldn't go to see his family before getting one more glimpse of this man. This man who had made it all possible. This man who had done something impossible in his life. He'd probably heard stories about Jesus. 
Heard people sharing opinions all the time. Heard of what had happened to others, and yet Jesus had done the impossible for him. Jesus had visited him. A Samaritan of all people, an enemy of Jesus' people, he'd reached out and chosen to heal him. He was so overcome with gratefulness, with thanks, that he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and praised God loudly. Faith in Jesus had gripped him and gone beyond what Jesus had done physically. Jesus told him to get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. I wonder what would cause you to fall face down at the feet of someone in thanks. Maybe if someone spared your life. Maybe someone choosing not to fire you. Maybe someone giving you a large sum of money to cover your debt. Maybe winning the holiday of a lifetime or a new car. Friends, Jesus has done incredibly more than any of those things. He's loved us unconditionally. He's rescued us. He's saved us. He's paid our debts. He's healed us. He's promised us a future. He's put his Holy Spirit in us. He's given us spiritual gifts to use and bless others with. He's lifted us up from the muck and the dirt that we were in and placed us on a solid rock. He's protected us. He's led us. We are a people who have been given so much in Jesus. It means now that because of the faith he's planted in us, we can be the most thankful people on the earth. It means that when we go through hard times or discouraging days, in faith, we can still give thanks because Jesus has done an amazing eternal work in us. It means that when the kids are playing up or your marriage is struggling, in faith, we can still give thanks because Jesus has done an amazing eternal work in us. It means that if you're still single despite longing to one day get married or you've lost your spouse or you've lost your children, in faith, we can still give thanks because Jesus has done an amazing eternal work in us. It means that when we don't hear from God in the way that we'd like or our circumstances don't work out the way that we'd have liked them to, in faith, we can still give thanks because Jesus has done an amazing eternal work in us. I wonder what it would look like to have a community here that right at our heart, we are thankful. That in every situation, we remain thankful. Imagine the impact that it would have on this town and the shops that we visit, our neighbors and the people that we interact with each day. Imagine that when they meet Harvest Church people, they don't meet grumblers or complainers but thankful people who appreciate every little blessing that God has given us. That we are more blessed than we could ever deserve to be. It doesn't mean we live out perfect lives. No, we'll still make mistakes, but we're thankful through the hard and the good, through the tough and the simple times. The sad thing is that so often we can be more like the nine than like the one. We can pray to God and ask God for things and ask God, have mercy on us. Heal me. Help me in this, please, Lord. And then when God answers, 
when he blesses us, when he answers exactly what, what we ask for, we quickly get on with our lives and forget who gave us those answers. We get on with and carry on with our lives without bringing rightful thanks and praise to God. Jesus wants us to have the faith of this one Samaritan leper who comes back to say thank you, whose heart is so changed that he's overflowing with thankfulness. Psalm 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. All that we have comes from God. Every breath we breathe is a gift from God. The very reason that your heart still beats today is a gift from God. Your money, your house, your job is a gift from God. Your family is a gift from the Lord. That you can have children is a gift from God. And it's not that everything we don't have is punishment or was, was taken away. It's recognizing all I have is because the Lord has blessed me with it. Knowing this does two things. One, we become a thankful people. We're thankful for the little things. We're thankful for each moment we have. Thankful in every circumstance. And secondly, we're a content people. We don't feel we're owed anything by anyone because we know everything we have already has been given to us by the Lord. Here at Harvest Church, we want to be a thankful people. Expressing our thanks for everything to everyone. What are some of the practical steps then I can take? I'm sure all of us are probably sitting here this morning and going, yeah, I'd like to be more thankful. I really would. I recognize Jesus has done such an amazing thing for me. I want to be more thankful. And we need a heart's change. But here's some practical steps that we can take as well. Firstly, thank people regularly. What a great habit to get into just to say thanks to people. As you go down this morning, collect your kids. Maybe you collect your kids and they're very, very hyper. And you're like, oh no, I've got them for the rest of the day in this hyper state. Or maybe they, they're just in tears. You're like, oh no, I've got them in tears for the rest of the day. Actually, our kids workers have served and given up their time just to serve your kids. Why don't you thank them when you go downstairs? The sound team, whether good sounds come out of the system or dodgy sounds or sounds we're not sure what's going on, let's thank our sound team because they serve us every week. The worship team, whether you love the songs that are sung or hate them, whether it's your style or not your style, our worship team prepare. They serve. They get ready just to lead you into worship. We want to be thankful for the way that they serve. How about your boss at work? who tries to lead you and care for you, whether they do a good job or a terrible job, actually, they're still trying to lead you. Let's be thankful people, thankful and recognize the little efforts that people do for us. What about the postman or postwoman, the rubbish collectors, the person on the till at Sainsbury's, the police, the hospital staff, the building staff right here, all do valuable jobs to serve us. We want to be a thankful people. Wouldn't it be great if in the next kind of year, people of Alton just kind of go, those harvest people, they, they're just always thanking me. They just thank me for the little things. There's something about them. They're just a thankful people. Thank people regularly. Secondly, thank God regularly. Psalm 103 verse 2 says, Praise the Lord my soul and forget not any of his benefits. 
A practical step we can take is to list all his benefits. Breath in our lungs, food, family, friends, job, a church who care for me. So many other things. I've found just since getting married, just saying grace when we have a meal together in the evening. I didn't used to do it when I was uh, living by myself or living with another guy who uh, we just kind of ate separately at different times. I didn't used to say grace. And it's just been a real good habit. And Jules will probably tell you, like, if I say grace, sometimes I might not be in the mood where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll I'll say grace. But then as I start saying grace, you can sometimes not stop me. I'm like, wow, God, you're just like, and like the food's getting cold. I'm just like, but this is amazing. God, you've done so many different things. It's a really good habit just to get into. It just starts a thankful heart at the end of your day. Thank God for his word written to you that you might know Jesus better. Written to you that you might enjoy a relationship with God. Thank God for his Holy Spirit. You might be fearful about what, what does the Holy Spirit do? Is he going to do me good? The Holy Spirit has been sent to do you good. The Holy Spirit has been sent to build you up and to build us up as a church. Thank God for his Holy Spirit who strengthens you and uses you to bless others. Jules and I have uh, started this year, we stole it from someone else and you can steal it from us. We started this year something called a thankful jar and uh, we actually forgot about it for the first few weeks of the year but we remembered last week which is great. And uh, so every week, although we forgot about it yesterday didn't we as well, uh, every week we're going to try and write something that we're thankful for and just put it into a jar. So one thing every week and put it into a jar. And at the end of the year, we're just going to look back and remember all that God's done. And we just want to, we want to generate a, a thankful heart in our marriage for all that God does. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. For who, sorry, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It is God's will for you to be thankful in every circumstance, in every situation, in every emotion, and every up and down of life. Tonight we meet for encounter. Let me encourage you to come. Maybe you're fearful about what might happen. Maybe you're not sure how you'll cope. Why don't you come and express just your thanks to God for who he is? We're just going to spend time worshipping, thanking God for who he is. You can come and you can just express your thanks in that situation. We're not looking, we're not chasing after an experience. We're chasing after God. We're chasing after just meeting with him. Just to bless him and say thank you Lord for all that you've done in us. To worship him and adore him. Before I pray, let me ask you this. Where have you forgotten in your life to give glory to God? Where in your life have you forgotten who gave you everything in the first place? Just think about that. Where, what has God given me that I've forgotten just to say thanks for? I'd just like you where you are, just to close your eyes. I'm just going to pray in a moment. Just let God speak to you. Where do you need to give glory to him? Where do you need to just come back to him and just say, Lord, thank you for that. I'm sorry I take, t- take that for granted. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for a breath in my lungs. Thank you, Lord, for family around me.
Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you, Lord, for food on the table. Thank you, Lord, for a roof over my head, a house that I can live in, a garden I can go out in the sunny days. Hmm. Lord Jesus, we are so amazed that you would love us. That while we were still dead in our sins, cut off from you, that whilst we were still hopeless and helpless, you died for us. You loved us. Jesus, we cannot thank you enough for your grace on our lives. We cannot thank you enough for the mercy that you've shown us. Lord Jesus, everything that we have is because you first gave it to us. Lord, I pray that right at our very hearts as a church, God, I pray, turn our hearts into a thankful heart, Lord. That each and every one of us, Lord God, would have hearts full, absolutely bursting with thanksgiving. God, that in every situation, whether hard or easy, Lord God, whether we're going through all the emotions at home or not, Lord God, I pray, help us to remain thankful, Lord God. Help us to remember the little things that you do for us every single day. Lord, I pray. I pray over every situation here this morning, Lord God, where people are struggling. God, I pray, let them know thankfulness just bursting up in their heart again. That, God, you love them. That you know them, Lord God. That you know their situation. That you want to bring healing. Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you're for us. Thank you that you're with us as we go into this week. Thank you you've got good plans for us, Lord God. Thank you that you want to make us fruitful, Lord God. That you've got this harvest for us this week, Lord God. That you want to do good things. Lord, I pray, let us know your spirit leading and guiding us. Let us know, Lord God, all that you've done in our lives. All this grace that you've poured on us. Let us know that throughout the week, I pray. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. We're going to finish there. If, uh, if you'd like someone to pray for you, you can ask the person who brought you here this morning or if you want someone from the prayer ministry t- uh, to pray for you, come to the front. We'd love to pray for you. Uh, please go collect your kids before you get a coffee, uh, but feel free to stick around and uh, chat and enjoy just being with each other. Have a great rest of the Sunday. See you tonight.